Welcome back, Intimates. I'm excited to find you experts to talk about love, connection, non-monogamy, polyamory, relationship anarchy, group sex, kink, commitment, and lots of other intimacy and relationship topics. Let's live our best lives together by unlearning stigma and getting clear on what we really want. Don't know what to ask for? I have loads of ideas for you. Of course, none of this would be possible without the support of my amazing Patreon supporters or my current hosts, the Musqueam First Nation on whose unceded lands this podcast was made and this human was born. If you want to support more intimate interactions, you can say thank you by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. Patreon supporters also get every episode of the podcast ad-free with short intros and outros. I know funds are not an option for some of you lovely humans, but don't fret, there are other ways you can help out. You can help make more intimate interactions by just telling someone you listen to this podcast. Or if you're feeling especially generous, you can share a link to an episode you like and discuss it with a friend or partner, or even leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting site. Help other humans interested in more intimacy and better relationships find us. If you have your own podcast, shout us out. Need a podcast guest? Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Today I talk with someone else who has a formal diagnosis for ADHD. My diagnosis was as a child, and hers was as an adult. We talk about the experience of having ADHD and how it impacts us. While today we focus on the experience of it, there is an upcoming session where we talk about strategies and coping. And fair warning, we didn't script anything we had to say. We didn't even write any questions out. We literally just talked so that you will get a more ADHD experience. Enjoy. I had this experience where like, I made out with this cute girl at um, a festival and she had just finished smoking <laughs> and normally I was like smoking is super gross like I had all this stigma I was just like I have no interest in ever kissing a smoker like it's so <laughs> gross like you can taste the cancer all that stuff and and then at one point like I was making out with her and I was like this is really okay I'm totally down to this she is super <laughs> cute I'm so good with this um, and then I was out at Starbucks and I was drinking French roast and my partner at the time was really big into coffee and they were like you can taste the, the French cigarettes when you drink this coffee. And I had a sip and was like, I taste it. I taste it. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. So I'm pretty happy about that. So that's the reason why I now, every time I drink French roast, I can't help but think of this person who just, I had this really fun, like not really, not, not, um, there was no real, like baggage associated with it it wasn't like a really intense serious thing it was just this really fun flighty kind of experience that was really lovely so yeah that's good i like that yeah yeah oh. okay so we were going to talk about adhd today oh <laughs> yeah are we ever um you know what's even better about talking about adhd today i didn't prepare any questions <laughs> I didn't prepare any answers. <laughs> so this is gonna be—we're gonna nail it. <laughs> it's I'm, gonna be I like one it. take. We're gonna be like couldn't reproduce it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at information on ADHD last night. By which I mean I googled a TED talk on a why ADHD isn't a bad thing, and simultaneously. Yeah was listening to music and trying to write a D&D &D setting 
And then I just decided I kind of wanted to play the Walking Dead video game really bad. So I had to pause the ADHD talk because I was missing what they were saying about ADHD. And I was like, God damn it. I, uh, I usually start one of those, like I start an ADHD YouTube video and then I start scrolling through the comments <laughs> and then it'll say like, if you have ADHD, you're already in the comments. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so called out right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm always doing like 85 things at the same time. Like I've always been like that. Even when I was a kid. Sure. Sure. Um, like my mom would be like, you should do your homework. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also like coloring and I'm doing this thing. And she's like, Oh my God. I can. So yeah, I can. my parents just thought that I was like a multitasker. They didn't think that I had ADHD because it was that period of time where like everybody was getting diagnosed with it. Right. Like and they, and they were like feeding kids Ritalin, like they were Skittles. Oh, I was one just of those because, kids. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I never, I never got diagnosed because I wasn't hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I just had trouble focusing. I actually, but my hyperactivity was in like my brain. Yeah. I feel the so, exact same way. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been super outdoorsy, hyperactive, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I talked to this, I talked to a GP like, and I, I don't have an official diagnosis. He just like, I went in because I had problems sleeping and he was like, he started asking me all these questions and I'm like, Oh my God, he's trying to figure out if I have ADHD. And like, I just figured it out like right away. And he's like, I think you might have ADHD. And I was like, cool. So what do I do? And he's like, we well, need to, you need to see a therapist. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's going to take forever. This was in October. Right. And then the pandemic hit. Right. So I'm still like, my, um, I'm like, I'm I have this. <laughs> my fifth grade teacher was like, sat me down and was like, you have ADHD. <laughs> oh God. And oh no, it was my sixth grade teacher. And she was a substitute for that year only. So she was teaching for a year, but she wasn't actually from that school. So I think she felt uh, really safe to just like sit me down and be like, you are a problem child. <laughs> but she kind oh, of, God. she tried doing it in like, in like a helpful sort of way. I think she thought, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She was like, I, yeah. She was like, my brother had ADHD, and I'm like, uh huh. Um, yeah. And at the time, I was like, this is really hurtful. I feel super called out and othered, and I don't think she's right. Like, she's not a doctor. She has no right to like make yeah. these observations and like present them to me as facts. Like, I was a little kid, and I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I was like 11 at the time, so I wasn't that little. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, yeah, like, the doctor was like, he's like, I can't believe nobody's caught this, but also, he's like, you seem to have been able to hide your symptoms really well. Sure. So he's like, you're still, like, he's like, you you probably, like, I, I was like, I get good grades, I win scholarships, and he's like, okay, yeah. Um, he's like, you probably didn't, it probably didn't get caught when you were a kid because you weren't, like, flipping tables over and, like, smacking other kids in the face and like doing that kind of shit because like um and he said he said also boys tend to get diagnosed earlier than girls whereas girls tend to get diagnosed later um thanks patriarchy yeah he's like they tend to act out more frequently or like we we just key to boys symptoms we key to boys symptoms and i think they tend to be more disruptive to a classroom environment maybe for other students yeah 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like when he was talking to me about all this stuff, I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't believe I have to add like another fucking thing onto all the shit that I already have to deal with. Um, and I like, I was in denial. Like when I walked out of the doctor's office, I was like, I don't think I have this. Um, and then in the past couple of months, I've started doing more reading and just been like, oh, fuck. Yep. So that, that becomes yeah, the repeat. He, yeah. And he was telling me that he thinks that my bipolar disorder was actually a misdiagnosis oh. and then it was actually ADHD. So I spent all this time taking all these meds and I was still, my brain was still racing, oh. still couldn't focus. Um, I was still having all the symptoms of ADHD, just minus the depression. Oh, I'm so sorry. So it was actually, it was actually kicking up all the manic stuff. Right. Because ADHD and bipolar disorder, they kind of, they sound the same on paper. Right. And they can sound the same when you talk to people about them. Sure. Um, and because people are reluctant to put people on right especially in university because people misuse adderall and things like that right. so they can focus um there's a tendency to misdiagnose i think a lot of the time what i would have given for some adderall in <clears throat> university <laughs> oh my god yeah he, and he didn't even write me a prescription he just gave me he gave me a diagnosis he said i i can't write you an adderall prescription um right. you have to go to a psychiatrist sure um, I was like, uh, God, okay. That's going to be another like six month journey. Um, so yeah, I might not have an official, official diagnosis for a few years, but I'm right. pretty sure that I know what I have. I, I definitely, uh, um, shit. Do I have an official diagnosis? I think I was officially, yes, I was officially diagnosed with ADHD as a child by an actual yeah. psychiatrist who medicated me with Ritalin and it did calm me down. And typically yeah. if a stimulant calms you the fuck down, you probably have ADHD. <laughs> Yeah, like I can drink uh, ridiculous amounts of caffeine and fall asleep. Right. Like it doesn't affect me. Um, it actually it it focuses me completely. Um, I find caffeine so. focuses me too, but my body will still sometimes get the jitters if I'm drinking yeah. enough of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I can drink like three of those giant monster energy drinks and probably take a nap. Wow, I've never tried to do that before. <laughs> my body just doesn't. I think or my brain just doesn't want to. It's like, oh, we get we get the calm down drug right now. It's not the hyperactive wake up drug. I'm not sure my brain responds the same way, but I would need to think about it. I feel like caffeine definitely focuses me. It also impacts like how my IBS functions. So mm. <laughs> as you get older, Yana, as you get older, <laughs> it's just like all these different conditions. It, I'm like, I'm medicated for depression right now. Um, Vortioxetine or Trintilix is amazing for my body and my brain composition. Like, holy shit. Yeah. It was like knocked out of the park. I seriously, like, it was exactly what I needed in a med. It was just like, everything's a little bit lighter. Not, not dead, not like apathetic just a little bit lighter a little bit brighter and i can yeah. get through this if i put in the work mm -hmm. which is like great i'm on the lowest dose as well so that's nice oh that's yeah that's good yeah yeah sorry i feel like I i'm trying you. like <laughs> no, no no um i'm trying like uh i'm looking at like diet and adhd right now um i'm trying to like up my protein intake and things like that 
because protein is really good for ADHD brains. Um, and I'm finding I'm having a little bit more success with that rather than just eating sugar <laughs> and pizza. That's fascinating. Um, so my yeah. my doctor told me that I should be eating more protein and much, much, yeah. much less carbs, even vegetables, um, because of yeah. my IBS. So because I'm on the low FODMAP diet and my gastroenterologist is like, you should customize it like this and you should do these things. Like the primary message has been eat shit tons of meat and eat a lot less sugar and a lot less, even just like carbs and starches. And I was like, yeah. so how, like, I literally can't eat certain fruit anymore. Like apples will make me sick. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, then. yeah. 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 I was told, I was told something similar. Like he was, the doctor was like, he said that keto would be really good. And then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You're like, I can't um, be one of those keto people. I can't, I just can't eat. No, I can't do it. Um, because like I also, um, I also work out, so I need like right. you need complex carbohydrates, right? right? So I tried keto once when I was really heavily weightlifting, and I passed out oh, um, in sucks. the gym because I didn't have enough sugar. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. So he was he was recommending like some foods that were good for like sort of managing some symptoms because he's like, food isn't the sole cause of it. Obviously, it's like. Your my brain doesn't produce enough dopamine, so I'm always chasing dopamine, mm. um, which is why I get distracted so much. <laughs> um, because the like the thing in my peripherals feels really good to chase, and that's that's good for my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it often means that I ruin my life in the process of chasing <laughs> that thing. <laughs> I um I empathize. I've had a really hard time committing to a specific career path. I feel like mm-hmm. when I'm looking at an onerous amount of work, whether it's going back to school or whatever, I'm like, mm-hmm. what can I do in three months? Cause like, I don't know if I can yeah. give even a year to this, to this particular career. Like what if I really don't like this career? Yeah. Um, I don't really want to spend a lot of money on it. It's kind of like I've, I've been to school for five years. I got a degree in science and it got me nothing. And that has just like disincentivized institutionalized education for me. So as like a web developer freelancer, all of the research and learning I do is just my time. And if something captures me, I can hyper-focus and and work really hard on that thing. But if it doesn't, I'm just like, oh, nuts to this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like my, that, that's been my whole thing. Like my whole life is like, am I immediately good at this thing? No, then I've completely lost interest. And I just like, I, I turn away from it completely. Oh, I'm like trying the, so hard not to do that. That's something I used to do yeah. a lot. It's like, I was taught yeah. that, that just like you have innate ability or you don't. And it's so detrimental yeah. to like everything in your life, except the things oh, yeah. you're really good at already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I like I happen to be really good at music, just like naturally. I had a natural sure. gift for like learning guitar, but then I realized that it's not a gift. It was I became obsessed with it, right. and I hyper focused, focused, and so I got really good really fast. So I was playing pretty advanced stuff by the time I was like seven. Jesus. Um, and there's also yeah, good there's a couple people in my family. Yeah, um, it's literally just because I had a summer by myself basically when I was like seven and just decided that I was going to learn everything there was to learn about a guitar. (laughs) Um, but I've also got family members who play piano. Like I've got cousins who play piano. They have perfect pitch. 
Um, one of them can just hear things and then just replicate it completely on the piano. Mm-hmm. And he's also got ADHD. So I think we're like, we're really good at, oh my God, there's a bug on my wall. Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, <laughs> that is okay. This is literally about ADHD. I think you're good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he just has this innate ability. And so some of the stuff I've been reading is that we're really good at some things like creative things especially Mm -hmm. because our brain is just totally open to it and we absorb everything there is to know and do and feel and see about it and so we get really good at it really fast i trained myself Um, during my science degree to do that with boring science things yeah yeah i didn't realize you could do that at first but i was taking a psychology elective and it talked a lot about being able to choose to find something interesting and being able to choose to have like emotional well it was talking about how emotional experience impacts memory and how and and then i just took it one step further and was like well i why can't i just choose to have an emotional experience or choose to be really just pretend i'm really invested in this material and like wow the structure of of cholesterol is so fascinating um like i was literally trying to lie to myself i was trying to like hold my eyes open wider trying to pretend the material was incredibly intriguing because like some of it was like all the genetic stuff no problem um yeah as soon as it started getting into more of like the harder um and by harder i don't mean more challenging i mean like more dry like analytical chemistry stuff it was like okay i gotta work at this this is gonna be a little harder yeah yeah i like i even have the same with criminology like there are um things like my whole eight months in this graduate course um, of like the coursework that I had to do. I've still got one course left for the fall, but whatever. Um, but my whole eight months in this, this coursework, it was shit that I just didn't want to do. Like I was like, I just want to do my research. I don't want to, I know how to write a lit review. I know how to do this. I know how to pick a theory. I email my prof and say, what fucking theory should I read about? And then she gives it to me. That's helpful. Um, that's how you. That's how you pick a theory, because <laughs> you're usually bouncing ideas off of somebody. Um, right. But I was like, I already know what I'm gonna do. I don't need. And I always say I don't need to learn this shit. Um, but the truth is, I do, um, mm. and it's helpful. It's just that my brain, all it wants to do is my thesis. That's the only thing it wants to do. Right. Or it wants to do nothing. Or wants to watch The Office for like the 400th time in a fucking row. Um, because that's where that's where all the dopamine is. That's where all the fun shit is. And so the past like eight months have just been like kind of hellish for my ADHD because it's it's just it's so hard for me to focus. Right. And like right. I've tried website blockers. I've tried Pomodoro timers. I've tried fucking everything. Um it doesn't it doesn't work i just defy whatever is whatever i've put up to block the good thing the cool thing that i want to seek out the fun thing the fun thing that i want to hyper focus on i i have Um, i've had limited success with said website blockers yeah like i tried i was like oh i'll block out facebook and then it was like i can just turn this off (laughs) (laughs) so mine's a little more complicated it's really hard to turn off in my current browser but i can just launch an incognito window but what that does is it forces me to log back into the site so it's just enough time that i'm like oh i have a complicated password do i really want to put it back in and then it's like yeah no, you've had your 15 minutes of Facebook for the day. You really shouldn't. But then I'll be like, oh, for work-related purposes, I need to me- I need to message this link 
to someone on Facebook. So I have my phone that has Messenger, but not the actual app. Yeah. But then the downside is I'm like, ah, oh, but the link is on the computer and it's really complicated and I don't want to put it in like a Google Keep window and then pick it up from my phone. And so I just lock back in anyways. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, just yeah. close the incognito window. If you can just close the incognito window, you'll have to log back in again. And I'm like, oh, there we go. Yep. Yep. Oh my God. That sounds so familiar. Impulse control. It's hard. I, I don't have it. And I, I don't think I've ever had it. Um, like, and I, th- again, I always thought it was, I, I always thought I had bipolar, but the more that I read about ADHD, the more I realized like, oh fuck. Like if, and I sort of had this moment of like, this was like earlier this week, like, or, or actually yesterday, yesterday was earlier this week. Cause it's Tuesday, I think. Um, I sort of had this moment yesterday when I was reading and watching some videos about ADHD and because uh, that's what I do on my off time now is I either do my thesis or I hyper focus on figuring out why my brain is broken. <laughs> I mean, broken is such an ugly way to say it, but yeah, yeah I know what yeah. you mean. But it's like, that's what it, I guess that's what I, uh, everyone around me has made me feel like. Right. So that's kind of, and I've internalized it. Totally. But, and I had this moment yesterday where I was reading all this stuff and I was like, man, imagine if my parents had caught this earlier. Imagine if somebody had caught this earlier. Mm-hmm how much different things could have been. And I sort of had this moment of like grief for mm-hmm. the person I could have been. Ooh, but then, yeah. Yeah. And feels. it was really, yeah. And it was, I was really angry um, and just really sad. But then I, I thought about it and I was like, well, I mean, if we had caught it earlier, I might be a different, I mean, you know, I might, I'm, I'll prefer, still be the same person like medication doesn't change who you are fundamentally right um i said but i definitely wouldn't have had as much fun (laughs) (laughs) i mean even in like a dangerous way it was still fun yeah um you know i probably wouldn't have met some of the same people i don't think i would have gone to acting school like i definitely don't think i would have done that um and then my life would have taken a completely different turn and like i don't know god i might have ended up living in ladner for the rest of my life like i don't I don't want to think about that. Right. Like, yeah, because like, I feel like with ADHD, it's this innate sense of adventure and restlessness that we have in this, like, um, this sort of, I'm never satisfied. So I'm always chasing something. So you know how I explain that to my partners? I've explained Mm. it through nonviolent communication is I have, I have needs for novelty, like a lot more needs for adventure and novelty than most people do. And that's just a need that I get met by, you know, going and meeting new people and having sex with them or having fun, new adventures with them or whatever it happens to be. I mean, there's a reason I'm drawn to like, you know, BDSM, um, group sex, non-monogamy, like those things are definitely higher risk, high novelty, very adventure type behaviors. Yep. I was, and yeah. And like, I think that's the reason why, like, I, like I used to have a, 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 like a drug problem. I think that's why I had that because my brain loves high risk, high reward. Definitely. Because there's so much fucking dopamine involved in that. There's a reason um, I invested in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a reason that I, I like online impulse shop. Oh my and God. Then, I do that all the time. It's the worst. Yeah. And then something shows up at my door and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And my husband's like, what did you order? And I'm like, I don't know. And then I open it. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's like, it's so relatable. <laughs> Like people, people always talk about like the, I have like an inner child. I don't have an inner child. I'm just a big kid. 
I'm just a big kid with a dry, like with uh, not even a driver's license with a, like a, an ID and I can drink alcohol. <laughs> there's otherwise there's no difference between me and a child. Like, in a lot of respects. <laughs> I'm sure there are some, but yeah, I know what you if mean. If I don't want to do something, I will not do it. Like, I just won't do it. I haven't made my bed in three and a half months. Fuck, I've been avoiding doing this assertiveness workbook <laughs> for a little while. And I, I know I should do it in a sense. I really want to do it because tackling how I'm not assertive in my life is incredibly important for me. And when I say assertive, I mean in the like psychology technical sense, not in the like... I need to put my foot down more. It's more like, how do you show up in conversation and participate in a way that doesn't, you know, invalidate or argumentatively challenge other people's ideas, but that also isn't staying silent when you have something to say. It's a really fine line. Yeah. Yeah. But it would, it would make me like a more social person. It would make me a less depressed person. Probably it's literally the book is written by Dr. I think Randy Patterson, I think is his name. He's one of the Changeways mm-hmm. doctors from Vancouver that teaches oh, okay. counselors how to treat depression. And I'm like, huh, it seems like this yeah. book was written for me. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a thing. I feel like people with ADHD, like, we're not very assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, because we, I feel like we grew up with this sense of having to people please. Definitely. It's oh, my like, God. Hate, yeah, right? Like... I like, I like to, th- I'm assertive in some situations and like, yeah, but I mean, sometimes when somebody says something and I really don't want the confrontation or I really want this person to like me, I either ignore what they're, what they're saying, or I like kind of agree with it. And then a, another person will look at me and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to make friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get everybody in the room to like me. Like, and it's, it's really I don't know. I feel like you lose part of yourself when you chase that. Oh my that God. People is, yeah. Right. Like it's my inner Brené oh. Brown is like knowingly nodding her smiling face. Yeah. 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 It's, it's wild. Like I've been reading about this stuff and like watching videos and just being like, Oh my God, this is what I've had. And this is what I've had all along. And everything makes so much more sense now. Um, Whereas with my, like my bipolar diagnosis, it didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, parts of it did, but not the, not the attention stuff, not the people pleasing stuff. Um, yeah. So much of it or this like sense of discontent with everything that I did in my life. Like nothing was ever enough. Yep. I definitely like, resonate with that. Yeah. Like, like you were talking about this earlier and like, I have, I have a, I have a great job. I love my job. I'm a teaching assistant. I get to teach and grade and teach people cool things and like meet cool people because my students are really cool. Um, and everyone in my department is really cool, but there's still this sense that, you know, and I get to do research and stuff and there's still the sense that like, it's not enough. Um, it's almost- I need something different. I need something more bigger. Like everything needs to be bigger all the time. Oh, interesting. I was, yeah. I was interpreting that a very different direction for a while there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I see how you brought that full circle. Yeah. So the way that I was looking at it was this idea that from a very young age, I've been taught that like, I'm not on task enough that I'm, I'm mm. not focusing enough. I didn't get great grades in school. Um, yeah. In, in large part because I was being like intensely bullied a lot in, in um, elementary school. 
Yeah. And like there was racism stuff to cope with and it wasn't until grade 10 that I even started studying and it was because a teacher, I still remember Mrs. Salt. Do you remember Mrs. Salt from DSS, the gym teacher, I think, who was also a science teacher. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, And ironically, she was actually a great science teacher, (laughs) even though people would like totally take a piss at uh, gym teachers expenses. She, Mm -hmm just encouraged me to study. She was like, just try like one test. She's like, your grades are, she was actually helping a bully who had like failed a ludicrously easy test. Um, and she was trying to encourage this bully to study. And he was like, well, but you know, like Victor doesn't study. And she was like, Victor definitely studies. Like he gets like B's B pluses. Like you have to study and work really hard for that. Victor, how much do you study? And I was like, uh, I pay attention in class. Yeah. And she was like, really? And like, it was the one time that I've, I've ever been able to genuinely inflict pain in a bully and see it in their eyes. I, oh I feel like it was a moment of having his soul crushed slightly. And I felt bad for him after the fact. In the moment, I was like, God, does that schadenfreude feel good? All the things oh, you've yeah, said yeah. to me just to sit there and watch your despair in your eyes. Is this the high you get from me? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like humans are trash. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, but she was like, honestly, just humor me. Study for one test, and it was the hardest test of the year. And I didn't know it was going to be. I just studied and like hyper focused. And of course, it was on like mitosis and meiosis and like genetics. And I was like, this stuff is really interesting. Hyper focused, mm-hmm. studied. This test was so difficult that the test got struck from our marks. Like it wasn't even like if you did blow your average, it got struck. She just struck it for everyone. I got a hundred percent on that test. Oh my God. The bully in question got 0% on that test. Oh my God. And the worst part about it was like, I get getting 0% on long answer and short answer. And even on multiple choice, because there was multiple choice to try yeah. and make the exam easier, she included, Mrs. Salt included five, I still remember this, five true or false answers. And oh, God. he had guessed all true and they were all false. Oh, God. It's just oh. like, how do you survive being told you just need to study and then getting 0% in a test with Ooh. five true or false? Like, I felt so bad for the kid. In hindsight, I'm like, Jeez, he was probably bullying me because he was so troubled. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, I was like, suffer. Yeah, yeah. I had stuff like that, too, where I would hyper-focus on subjects. Like, um, I don't remember if you remember in DSS when we had to do that unit on, like, the French Revolution. (laughs) I do not, but I wish that I did. I will never forget it because I can't even remember who the teacher was. But, like, she was like, I just don't have enough activities for you to do. You've done all of the activities <laughs> in the textbook. And I was like, it's just really interesting. And I just really like it. And, like, the whole drive home from school, I'll be like, Mom, did you know that Robespierre, blah, blah, blah. And she would be like, oh, my God, will you please shut the fuck up? She's like, I'm really like, sick of these French people, Yana. <laughs> She's like, I hate this. I don't care about the French Revolution. <laughs> But for some reason, my brain just latched onto it, it's, and I couldn't—I couldn't read enough about it. I couldn't get enough of it. It's and a like, legitimately fascinating period of time. Yeah, but like then, like it was like Yanni, you have to do your math homework, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm reading about how they built guillotines, which is way more interesting 
than any of that bullshit. And I don't want to do that. I'm going to do this. You're like, I could learn math or I could ponder how many seconds of consciousness you have after your head gets separated and you're rolling around in a basket, looking at the guy next to you and being like, isn't this garbage? And, and, the, exactly. and the other head is like, I know, right? But like, you can't move, you can't, you don't have air. So like maybe your mouth's no. just like, and like all of a sudden you're thinking about like what kind of device you need to invent to be able to speak as a headless person. And yep. it's just like two hours go by and you're like, oh, yeah. oh crap, I was supposed to do my math homework. Yeah, yeah. Like I, they, I think they call it like galaxy brain where you like, you, you start thinking about one thing and then it just expands Oh, interesting. And then by the time you look, you're like, oh, shit. It's like 7 o'clock. Like, I got shit I got to do. Um, I do that on the bus. I think that's why I like the bus because it's really good for my ADHD. I just put my headphones in and I listen to music and I stare out the window and I just think about shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, uh, it's just my brain kind of taking a break. Mm-hmm. But also thinking about stuff at the same time. And doing its best to <laughs> do fine dopamine. Um, but yeah, I, that's one of the things I really like. It's, um, I've, I was always really good at being alone because I just did shit that I just wanted to do. And mm-hmm. um, I was always really good at entertaining myself. So yeah, I never had an issue with that either. That's why like when people are asking like, how's quarantine? I'm like, it's great. I'm by myself <laughs> all the time. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, there's like I way get to less pressure. Much as I want. Yeah. I mean, there's anxiety when I have to go shop right now. So yeah, yeah, that's about it. But I mean, otherwise, you know, my brain's pretty occupied. Yeah, I mean, BC is also like killing it right now, and like my my neighborhood, like in Richmond especially, like we have very low numbers. So I'm like yeah. concerned for the second wave that will inevitably be showing up. But for the moment. I just have to deal with like wearing a mask, being really careful with hygiene when I leave and re-enter the house. And, and then when I go grocery shopping, it's like there's anxiety. But ultimately right now I'm on CERB. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just like yeah. trying to find work doing freelance web stuff. And other than that, it's it's mostly like, how can I build this thing or how can I deal with this thing? And I'm trying to cope with the anxiety of, you know, I'm still in that lawsuit where I'm getting sued because I'm a volunteer director of MBK and they're getting sued for defamation. Right. Um, I'm working through an accountability process, which is really intense. Um, and I was laid off due to COVID, which is stressful, not because of financial stuff, because I'm getting CERB, fortunately, although that will be ending. But it's stressful because my industry is basically destroyed. I was working full time in theater. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not coming back in the next year or two, at least. No. Not that I can see. Yeah, unless they do it in like super limited capacity. But right. even I think like there's there's going to be a second wave either october or november right um ontario is moving into stage three already wow which yeah which i'm like good luck um masks are mandatory in ottawa right now but i went into the mall and like almost nobody's wearing one and i was like god that's like yeah we're not gonna make it past (laughs) stage stage. we're gonna go from stage three and then in a week it'll be like lockdown again (laughs) and everyone's gonna be on serb again Oh my God. I I just, I can feel that that's how it's going to work because just nobody, nobody cares. Like people are like, I'm over this fucking COVID shit. I'm like, well, it's not over. Yeah. Just because bored doesn't mean it goes away. Yeah. And people Uh, are not great at like long-term thinking and risk management as a rule. 
Yeah. So like trying to figure out how you can deprive yourself of human touch and like company and community and like all those really important needs that we have for a little bit longer so that in the long term you'll have all them back. Like people are shit at that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Delayed gratification. Speaking of which, ADHD, delayed (laughs) gratification. It's not like I can really huck stones from my glass house. Oh my God. I I can't do, I need immediate gratification. Like, I think that's why I like burn my mouth on pizza and stuff all the time. (laughs) (laughs) When I really think about it. That's just such a good example for like immediate (laughs) gratification. (laughs) Well, it's like, I, there's, there's always this, um, this Dylan Moran quote that I go back to when I try to explain to people how my brain works with ADHD. And it's like, I'm very impulsive, but I'm also very indecisive. I don't know what I want, but I know that I want it now. Right. And like, that's the most accurate descriptor of what it's like to have an ADHD brain that I could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah. So like, I see dopamine and I'm like, what's that? put it in my head. I want it immediately. Like, let's do this. Like give me all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I still waiting for this pizza to cool? Why wouldn't they make the pizza at just the right temperature? Oh my God. I, I literally burned my mouth on soup this morning, or not this morning, this afternoon, because I couldn't wait to eat. it. (laughs) It would have been like five minutes, but I was like, you know what? No, I'll just scald my face. Um, I think it was reheated fries, which are not the best. Fries are always better fresh baked, but I reheated some fries that I had baked the night before and they were so hot that I literally was like, oh, oh my God, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. And I was like trying to jump it around in my mouth. And then I swallowed it and was like, that is a terrible plan, Victor. (laughs) And it just like ached and burned into my stomach. And I was just like okay, if you damage your esophagus bad enough, you got to go to the hospital. So don't do that shit. Yep. And now I'm going to eat another fry immediately because I haven't <laughs> learned <laughs> So what I did was I got mustard because I can't really have ketchup because there's too much fructose in a lot of it. And it's yeah. kind of like roulette. I can have some ketchup of some brands, but like, I never know, like, even, even the same brand will make its ketchup two different ways in two different forms. So I'm like, yeah. I have no freaking clue anymore. And they typically use glucose fructose and I can get away with some of that. But fructose is such an intense FODMAP that I get really sick sometimes. So I'm like mustard. So I just like put this huge thing of mustard next to me and was just like <laughs> cooling them in the condiment and mashing them into my face. And I was like, this is better. It is more things and it is not burning me. <laughs> like an immediate gratification. Immediate. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That sounds very familiar. And then I yeah. just use less I, condiment as it cooled off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I also realized, like, I, like, I didn't realize that boredom eating and ADHD were, like, a thing. Oh, my God. I boredom eat uh-huh. and I stress eat all the time. Yeah. Because it, it's, like, it's it's just free dopamine. Like, that's all it is. <sighs> um, and it tastes awesome. It does. I've been doing gum recently. I've been trying to do gum mm-hmm. as like a stress chewing response. I didn't, I was watching a video of someone who had ADHD. Of course, this was while I was like playing a video game and listening, doing all the things. But like I was watching this video and he was talking about how like, okay, so you have a kid with ADHD who chews on pencils all the time. Why are they not getting rubber pencils? 
Like, yeah. We have the technology. Why don't you just rubber coat a pencil and give it to the freaking kid? So they need to chew in a pencil. How destructive is that really? Like, why are we trying to control people's behavior when it's not harmful behavior? And I'm like, yes. And then I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I like chewing and I just put food in my mouth all of the time. And then I'm like, oh, this might be an ADHD thing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally thought it was like a stress and depression thing. And now I'm like, I might just also be really bored and like maybe my hyperactivity isn't me running around hitting people in the face because you know that's been so shamed and so discouraged and like in fairness you don't want to smack people in the face but even like clowning around like making myself visible and known to other people I was never the class clown I wasn't that kind of ADHD where people liked me I came from this like really abrasive um, my parents were fighting all the time tough like home environment that didn't always feel safe emotionally um and Mm -hmm. you know and your parents are screaming at like two in the morning and you're just like as flat as stiff as a board in your bed uncomfortable like when that's your regular experience you stop feeling safe anywhere so it wasn't even just that my you know classmates made me feel unsafe i just generally felt unsafe as a kid and then you like Yeah, yeah add to that being like you know, sexually molested by someone else on the playground when I was like seven. And like, I just, my body wasn't a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. So with ADHD, how all of that sort of factors in is I did not want to make myself a target for people. So Mm -hmm. I like did my best to be as invisible as possible, which is hilarious considering how much I like to talk. And I would like Mm -hmm. start talking and get lost on a road trip of thought yeah. And just be going a million miles a minute and like talking about all these things. And people would just be like, shut up, Victor. Mm. It was like, yeah, I could express my ADHD with ticks, with fidgeting, with chewing, with talking, um, with thinking. But like my physical body in physical space never felt super safe to express myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was the same way. I didn't talk. Uh, I, I think I found people that I felt safe talking a lot to but for the most part I was a pretty quiet kid like I didn't just go up to people and start talking to them mm-hmm. um but like I would talk to I would talk to my mom until she was like literally exhausted um, <laughs> and she was like I don't do you run on like a motor or like cocaine like I don't understand <laughs> what is going on She's like, you're just so, she's like, you're so fucking chatty all the time. And she just thought that's how I was because my dad, my, like my biological dad is like that. Um, and I remember she was telling me stories of my dad, um, about how they would like sit down to eat dinner and my dad would get up like 15, 16 times to go do stuff Mm -hmm. and then come back and start eating dinner. And then I realized as I was reading about this a couple of weeks ago, that's an ADHD thing where we can't sit still. Oh, totally. Uh, and I do this in my own house. Like I'll sit still, I'll start reading something. I'll read for about five minutes and then, need to and then I'll get up and yeah, I go up and I do, I do stuff. I get that I do other all stuff. the time. That's why audiobooks are so much better for me. Cause I can focus, yeah. like I have practice from university focusing on words. And even yeah. though my awareness will drift in and out, which I think is somewhat normal for most people with audiobooks, if you're listening for a long period, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So long as I set the speed right, so it's not too boring and it's not too fast, 
I will catch most of it. So often yeah. I'll be listening to an audiobook at like one and a half times speed. People will come into the room and be uncomfortable. They'll be like, that's <laughs> jarring and uncomfortable. How do you listen to it? And I'm like, any slower and I lose interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so many things are yeah. clicking for me having this conversation. Yeah. Well, that's why I have a I have a friend. I love her so dearly, but it takes her like three hours to get out a sentence <laughs> and i'm just like can you fucking finish a thought i'm so bored and you're only halfway through the sentence yeah and i'm like falling asleep but she means so well she's just like she's like she like she's like a i call her like a what is it like plotting right she just she every every word means is like super significant and she plans out exactly what she's going to say and i'm like just say it just blurt it out it's like so meticulous handle this like i'm just (laughs) and she was in like two of my classes last semester and every time she'd start talking i was just like oh my god i have to try and stay awake i love her so much but she's literally killing me (laughs) 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 i'm so bored yeah (laughs) that is great Oh. I once um, had a kid come up to me after I say kid, we were both like young adults in university, but like he came up to me afterwards because he had like proposed this idea for utilitarianism being like the panacea to all of, all of our governmental problems. Cause in fairness, oh. he was in, he was in like second year, first year university or something. So like, I, I give him a lot of slack, but I was like, well, that doesn't really work because the whole like ends don't justify the means. And like, what if a person was like, you know, subjected to incredible horror just so that everyone else could have like a really good life. Like ultimately like utilitarianism may seem really good on the surface, but like it has these sort of like problems in it that don't really work. Um, and he just like sat down. (laughs) We were like having a conversation back and forth, but as soon as I started like going off and like, well, there are like these like systemic problems with it. Um, and, and like, it wasn't even as well formed as I just said, but he literally was just like, nods sits down <laughs> and he came up to me after class and he was like you're brutal to debate with it's like you think on your feet and you just say stuff and he's yeah. like i oh, can't yeah. do that oh yeah i told my supervisor like when it comes to like uh <laughs> me talking in class i'm absolutely shoot first and ask questions later like he didn't even yeah. he didn't even offer like a rebuttal or a retort like yeah. he wasn't even like i see he just nodded and sat down Oh my god! I yeah, I do that so often. Like somebody will say so something, and I'm like, "You're," and I'm like, "You're wrong." And they're like, "What?" And I'm like, and then I just go off, and they're like, "Oh, I have to go to the bathroom and cry." And I'm like, "I'm sorry." It's the worst. That. It's like I'm not trying. I used to think like maybe I'm like I have like a kiss of Asperger's, or I'm just somewhat neuroatypical because like I don't understand why people function the way they function sometimes, and mm-hmm. I think it's just that yeah. my brain's really different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even when people. Yeah give me really bad feedback sometimes it's like difficult at the time but like ultimately i'm really grateful to have had the feedback and to have yeah. had the opportunity to be like a better person i don't know that's another thing i was reading about is like hypersensitivity and adhd like taking criticism is not something that we do easily because it's so we only like there was a doctor talking about it and saying that because we are so hypersensitive we tend to only focus on the really negative things and so when we relate that experience back to somebody, we're like, oh, well, they said that I sucked when actually that's not true. That's really interesting. More, 
yeah, there was, it was a much more nuanced critique, but we only focus on the really terrible things because we love to people please. And so when we sort of get deflated, um, that's all we can focus on is how bad that feels. Right. Well, there's also this interesting correlation too that like depression, suicidality, um, like a lot of these things tend to be correlated with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for a while, people have been sort of speculating like, oh, it just seems like this is part of having ADHD. But I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I think ADHD is so stigmatized and we're told from such a young, impressionable age, you know, that we're bad or that we're not doing this right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, I think that we tend yeah. to internalize very low self-worth because of ADHD. Yeah. And the way it's socially handled, not because it's the way our brains are necessarily wired. Yeah. That's just my personal well, like, thought. I remember, I remember like in high school, they put the kids who had really bad ADHD in with every single other kid who had um, like uh, autism or something like that. They all put them in the same class. Mm-hmm. And it's like their only solution was to lock all these kids away in a room downstairs next to the library instead of actually working with them individually and helping them with like a specialized treatment model. Right. But they would all learn together in the same environment. And I was like, that can't be productive conducive to anybody's learning <clears throat> because some of them, um, you, they would have like really violent outbursts. And then the other ones who are not like that would get really upset. And so everyone's upset. Right. Um, because, you, because all you're basically doing is putting them all together in like a box Yes. for like six hours a day and saying, okay, now you have to get along and you have to learn. And Which is what you couldn't gonna, do in a more supportive environment. Yeah. And we're going to treat you all the same. Right. Which is like, ah, uh, I don't really, I like, I think that like, um, education for people with, uh, cognitive issues and like autism and things like that, ADHD, any kind of um, mental health issue, Mm -hmm. I think it's getting a lot better. But I just remember in high school, it just, it seemed like really bad what was going on. Mm -hmm. It just seemed like there wasn't enough staff to help manage these kids Mm -hmm. and to help them. And even the ones that were there, I like, I remember sometimes some of their like, they, uh, there would be like an adult coming into class with a kid from, from that room. Mm -hmm. And then that adult would switch the next week because they've quit. Hmm. So there was this constant turnover and then these kids don't really get stability. Right. So I don't know. That's just something that I noticed about the, the education program, especially at DSS. Hmm. Yeah. I had a, I had a learning assistant that hung out with me in school for a while. Yeah. And like, I know, like I had a, I had a friend, we'll still have a friend, um, who was in that room and would come out and just tell us like, Oh yeah. Somebody like hit one of the learning assistants with a chair in the face. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and it's, again, it's because you're like, you're not specifically, catering to everyone's needs it's, individually it's the, because you don't have the budget you don't have the right. amount of time um training it's just hard yeah yeah i mean you have these staff that are under-resourced and told to do literally everything they're just told to do like handle all of the miscellaneous other category students it's kind of the same it's just mm-hmm. it's a systemic problem our society has when we can't figure out oh yeah how certain people fit into society we throw them all in a box and 
use treatment that protects everyone else in society from them. Yeah, we throw them in prison when they get older. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because a lot of these, a lot of these kids, like, and a lot of the people that I ended up working with um, in like a classroom environment at the prison where I did that that course, a lot of them told me they had like um, a history of depression. They had a history of of ADHD. They had a history of like autism and things like that. And then they just end up in the justice system. Um, mm-hmm. because we stigmatize these, these illnesses so much mm-hmm. and we, the only people who really get help are the people who can afford it. Right. Either like emotionally, um, financially or their fa- like their families are super supportive. Sorry, they're drilling something. That's okay. Next door. And it's driving me bananas. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think we've, <laughs> I think we've exhausted for as much as we're going to in this podcast, ADHD symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How do you feel about taking like a five minute break, letting them drill, and then we'll come back with ADHD coping strategies if that's a thing you want, you feel like you can speak to? Yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, cool. thank you so much for all of your time and talking about ADHD and doing a podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I feel like I don't have a lot of knowledge about it still, just because I'm still learning and there's so much to learn about it but like definitely i mean if i can relate my own experiences and talk about them maybe somebody who's listening can be like oh i do that i have that maybe i should go get diagnosed too so totally um and with coping strategies i'm probably going to do the same thing just be like oh here's how i've gotten around this thing in my life and we'll just sort of talk about like the innate strategies we have and like the ones we know about and hopefully it'll be a good knowledge share yeah yeah i'm excited great well thank you so much for your time yana Thank you. I uh, I went to go make coffee before we started, and then I heard the Skype call going off. And so I just brought my coffee into the bedroom with me, and I just put it on the desk. Oh, no. And it's been like on the desk the whole time? My No, my it's my instant coffee. Like, I didn't get the chance to, like, scoop it. And put it <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's 2 o'clock. I got to go. Oh, you totally could have been like, I just need five <laughs> so minutes just, to get like, myself coffee. I literally just grabbed this and ran into the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, is, yeah. it is totally okay to be late, and it's totally okay to just, like, lose track of shit and, and need more time. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. going to be understanding with that because I do it all the time, too. Yeah, I do it. It's my whole life. <laughs> so how was it, Intimates? Did you love something you heard? Or maybe you're upset by something I said? Leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions, or you can go to patreon.com slash Victor Salmon, where you can find our Discord server. All of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com, and I genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon. If you liked it, please consider helping us pay for show costs over at Patreon for as little as $1 per month. It's incredibly helpful. It's just a dollar a month. If you can afford it, we would hugely appreciate having your support. And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of Intimate Interactions. 
Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler, and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.